Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of With Love Alexa. Today I have Sam Ginnikakis and she's a social activism artist and she was also recently diagnosed with a chronic illness. Um, so we're gonna talk about her journey to finding out what was going on with her as well as how she got into social activism. Um, hey Sam, how are you? Hi, I'm hanging in there, how are you doing? Good. Thanks so much for coming on. I'm like excited to talk to you. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited um, to talk with you. Oh, thank you. Um, I recently talked to Tian, who is your boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> and that's yes. like how I met you. So it was really cool to get to talk to someone um, like that is similar, something similar to me. So yeah, love full circle story. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be. <laughs> I know. So where are you guys located right now? We're located in Los Angeles, pretty much in the heart of Los Angeles. So we moved here um, back in October of 2019. So just a few months before the pandemic hit. Um, It was our first time moving in together. Uh, So it's definitely been, (laughs) I mean, he's wonderful. And I'm so lucky um, to share uh, a life and a home with someone so wonderful. Um, and I'm glad that we moved in together before the pandemic, um, because that would have made things more difficult. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been an interesting, uh, first year of (laughs) living together. I'm sure it has, but you probably, you either got really close or you got really far apart people in general, like living with, because you're always at home because of the pandemic. So yeah, uh, we are really close. I am a person that at some point, though, I, I'm an introvert, extrovert. I feel like I'm both, but there are times where I have to, um, like, be recluse and take time to have my own energy built back up. So it has been challenging um, living in a one-bedroom apartment <laughs> with someone constantly um, and needing that time, but it has been good because we're both very, you know, respectful um, of each other's space when we need it. But other than that, we like to be around each other pretty much all the time. Well, that's good. That's awesome because yeah. you just never know. So, yeah, and, definitely. And then being in Los Angeles, where a lot of things are closed down still, so that's probably like tricky too. Yeah, it is sad. Um, Especially, because, I mean, we've lived in Southern California, um, like 30 minutes outside of LA for years and practically Tian's whole life. Um, but we never really got to explore LA like an actual local of LA would. <laughs> um, so it's a little disappointing um, that as soon as we moved here, we didn't really get to explore because we were trying to save up money because we had just moved in. And then all of a sudden everything shuts down and we're like, well, I guess one day we'll see what LA is all about. (laughs) True, very true. Um, So one of the things that we're going to talk about today is all about your chronic illness. Can you start off a little bit with like the beginning and kind of what happened? Yeah, of course. Um, So I have had underlying issues my entire life just without realizing it. Um, but last year in February, I, um, went over to Tian's mom's house and we had lasagna and my body after just two minutes and I've, I've had lasagna and pasta plenty of times and my body just went into a state of 
uh, practically shutting down. I, you know, I know this is all about my digestive system, so I don't want to get too graphic, but I had the most pain I've ever felt in my entire life. Um, I was in so much pain. I couldn't even move. Um, I had chills. I was nauseous. I was in the bathroom for two hours and I, um, went to the bathroom throughout the night and then I started bleeding a lot. So then I went to the emergency room and they had told me that, um, after hours of being there, they had told me that I had inflamed intestines, but they couldn't tell why and that I should get a colonoscopy. Um, so I went to my doctor after that and told them the story. And then they referred me to a GI specialist which I did see for one time to have a consult with them. And uh, they seemed fine. And but they told me because of the pandemic had just happened, I wasn't able to get um, a colonoscopy procedure done. They didn't know when I was going to be able to do that. It was a to be determined thing. So that happened. I saw him in the beginning of March. And then I didn't get my colonoscopy till June. Um, so within that time, I had gone to the emergency room probably about five times for Hi. all similar reasons. Um, but it was, I was in so much pain. It wasn't something that I, I knew I had inflamed intestines because it felt the same, but it's such an excruciating pain that I just couldn't handle it on my own. I had to go to the emergency room every time. So poor Tian, like I felt so bad. He would have to drop me off at the emergency room, but he couldn't be in there with me. I would be in there for hours at a time, especially with um, so many people being in the emergency rooms because yeah. of COVID. Um, so it took a long time to be seen, which is understandable, but it was just a really grueling process because every time I would go into the emergency room, no one knew what was wrong with me. And so I got scared to eat anything at that point. Like they had told me, don't eat dairy. Um, but that was pretty much it. But I was eating all of these things that I had normally ate before. And they hadn't bothered me necessarily previously in the way that mm-hmm. it was doing then. Yeah. And so I just became afraid of everything. I didn't, I didn't want to eat anything. I ate very plain. And uh, every time I ate, it was a scary experience, which isn't fun. Um, So yeah, uh, then I had my colonoscopy, but that ended up being a horrible experience, unfortunately, um, which made me really open up my eyes to, I know there's a lot of wonderful doctors out there, but it really opened up my eyes to the conversation of a lot of people talked about how there are really bad doctors out there and like people don't get the help that they need. And this doctor specifically was a really horrible experience where I was so upset and frustrated at that point that I just felt like everything was hopeless and I wasn't going to feel better ever. And I wouldn't know what was wrong with me because when I went in there, um, (laughs) you know, it was kind of chaotic to where like, the, the needle that they put in for me to hook me up, um, it, you know, broke off. <laughs> and so I had to do the other arm. And then the doctor came in and he was like, his bedside manner isn't really great. But then I overheard him talking about um, to the nurse, like, is she really supposed to be here? Like, are you sure she's supposed to be here? Mm-hmm. And I've never had anesthesia. 
So I'm freaking out because here this doctor that I've seen is questioning whether I'm supposed to get this procedure done and I'm about to be put to sleep. So it really just ruffled a lot of anxiety in me and I didn't have anyone there with me. Like Tian wasn't allowed to be in there. No one was allowed to go in. So I was just doing this all by myself. And um, I had to ask the nurse before they rolled me in. I'm like, you guys are going to perform a colonoscopy, right? Like I overheard the doctor saying that uh, he was questioning it and I just want to make sure. And they were like, yeah, and they were really great. Um, I just didn't appreciate the unprofessionalism of that and how that For would sure. make someone feel like uncomfortable. And then two weeks later, um, I met with him. That whole experience, like leading up to it was chaotic because of like scheduling and everything. Like they told me like an hour before my appointment, which I live an hour away from the place. They're like, you have to actually be here earlier than your appointment because he's leaving. And so it was just, it was really bad and unprofessional. And then I get in there and I, he's not talking about my colonoscopy results. And I said, well, what's going on? And he said, oh, well, we couldn't find anything. And I was like, okay. Um, I said, well, what do you suggest? Um, I said, I know something is wrong with me. I said, I've been to the emergency room countless of times. Something is wrong with me. Like, what do you suggest I do? Should I do an upper GI? Should I get allergy testing done? Like, are there any other options? He's like, no, you shouldn't do any of that. And I said, why? And he said, you're too young. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and I was like, really? So you don't think I should do anything? He's like, no, you know, he's like, have you ever had um, Benefiber or Miralax? And I said, well, yeah, I've had it. Um, you know, I don't really know that it helps me that much, but also I read the bottle because he was like, oh, just take that once a day and you'll be fine. He's like, some people are just constipated. He's like, you don't, you don't have to worry about it. Like, he's like, you're young, it will be okay. And I said, well, the bottle says you can't have it seven days in a row. Like you can't have it every single day, like for every day of your life. Right. Like it says you have to limit it. And he said, oh, the bottle's lying. They've done studies on it. And I'm like, okay. So then I leave that appointment, like bawling my eyes out because I just felt hopeless. I didn't feel like I had any answers. And I waited all that time and experienced all that pain to wait mm -hmm. to find out like anything or even to get encouragement. Like even if I didn't, he didn't find anything in the test, like he could have at least, you know, encouraged me like, yeah, you know, you could take these steps. Um, and yeah, so I felt hopeless. And um, a week later, I went back to the emergency room because I had another episode. And um, yeah, so I when I went to the doctor in the emergency room, I told them what he had told me about taking the Miralax or Benefiber every day. And she was like, that is terrible advice. She's like, if you did that, your um, colon would eventually turn black and your body would become so dependent on Benefiber or Miralax that you wouldn't be able to have a bowel movement without it. She said, so yeah, don't do that. So I was, I was really angry at that point. Um, that I don't blame even... you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I was, I was livid. I was like, why would he tell me that? I knew it. I knew it int intuitively that that was not okay. And that's why I never went back. Like they wanted me to schedule a follow-up appointment with him. Yeah. But I was like, no, I'm not going back. I, I don't care. So at that point, um, I was talking to my best friend about all of this and she knew about all of this, but she said, 
So she lives in Washington, but she's from California and I met her here, but I'm from Washington state. (laughs) So she actually moved to the exact town and like, she lives like a street away from where I grew up, where my dad still lives. So she literally lives like where I grew up and went to school. It's really crazy, but I met her here and she had never lived in Washington previously. But she said that her cousin in Vancouver, Washington, where I'm from, had this amazing doctor who helped her because she was having digestive issues. And so I was like, okay, well, at this point, I'm willing to do anything. Um, right. My All my family still lives in Vancouver, Washington. So even the idea of possibly seeing her, um, I was like, I don't know how I could see her all the time because I, how could I drive, you know, a thousand miles or fly out to see her all the time. But I said, at this point, no one's been able to help me. So I'll give it, give it a try. And I call her and explain everything. And she was really great. And she said, okay, all I need you to do is I need you to come and see me physically once to do like a consult. And then she says, by law, I will be able to consult you over video, like calls Yeah. the rest of the way. So yeah, in August of last year, T and I, um, we packed up a car and we drove out there. And that was the start of like my health journey and everything fell into place. Um, she is one of the best people to have ever happened to me like meeting her was one of the best things uh she's a neuro like a neuro naturopathic doctor um neuropath yeah yeah neuropathic doctor so yeah she focuses more on like supplements and more like natural ways Mm -hmm. of healing which I've never been exposed to but even in the one hour consult, she was able to like explain to me everything that she thought was wrong, which I had never heard any doctor that I saw in that year, like tell me at all. Like no one could even give me a slight indication. They're just like, you just probably have IBS. Like, I was like, that doesn't make sense because I found out from my mom that when I was a baby, um, I would be spitting up her breast milk and so when I was a month old, they completely, completely took me off her breast milk and gave me soy formula. And um, they thought I was allergic to her breast milk, which my doctor found out because I have a lisp. I had like a tongue tie. And so when kids have babies have tongue ties, they can't like latch on to like a breast very easily. And that, right. that can sometimes make them spit up. And so I guess they like missed that. And with breast milk or with like the correct formula, um, there's these things, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're called microbiomes. And like there's these little bugs in your digestive system that are essential to digest food. Right. And because I didn't get proper formula or my mom's breast milk, um, I did not get those bugs or natural... um, like microflora in my digestive mm-hmm. system to be able to digest properly. And then with my anxiety, like that also has led to like an imbalance um, in the production of like my pH levels and the acid in my stomach. And yeah, so she was able to just lay it out for me that like my body has pretty much since birth been like unoperational and it hasn't functioned well. And that makes sense to me because 
I've actually been constipated my whole life and didn't really know. I thought what I how how I went to the bathroom and how I digested was like normal. But then after talking to people, I was like, (laughs) I am not normal. Um, And that's I think my body was last year was giving me like the final straw of like, hey, you know, this is bad because my doctor said that if I had just continued on the way that I was living, I would have probably developed, you know, like Crohn's disease or another type of disease that would have been irreversible. Um, But yeah, now I'm on all of these um, supplements that are really helping with my digestive system. Um, I can't eat a lot of things. So I can't um, have dairy. I can't have uh, grains that are refined. I can't have white or yellow potato. I can't have any bread or pasta, even if it's gluten-free. I can't have energy drinks, soda, coffee, alcohol. I can't have soy. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah, and everything that I have um, ideally has to be organic, which I know is like hard and with, you know, like financially, it makes me really mad since learning about this, that, you know, healthy food isn't accessible to all people. Right. And just even doctors like my doctor, Dr. Neil, like people don't always have access to her. Like I'm lucky enough that she actually happened to be in my hometown, which is just very bizarre. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it just makes me upset that it's not as accessible because like, I know all this about my body, but a lot of people are struggling out there and going to doctors and they're telling them things like, oh, you know, you might just have IBS or, oh, you're mm-hmm. just constipated or, oh, we can't figure out what's wrong with you. Um, because without doctors, or it's in your I head don't... or it's in your yes. head or you're crazy. Yeah. Or you're too. I young. got that. Yep. I got yeah. that. quite a few doctors from being in chronic pain 24 seven. So sorry. But yeah, it, it, it's terrible. It's, you know, they're, that's their job. And I understand that, you know, they can't possibly figure out everything, but it is they need, discouraging, discouraging. Yeah. They just need to be willing to try and learn and, and not blame you or just throw yeah. you off as nothing. And I think that's where like the medical profession needs to do in medical school. Like they need to have segments on this now, like because there are so many people now with chronic issues that they need to know how to deal with it, even if they can't figure it out, but how to yeah. treat the patient. Yeah, it doesn't mean that it's not there. Yeah, and I started feeling crazy too, because um, yeah. I'm like, this isn't just your run-of-the-mill upset stomach. Like I, every time I went to the emergency room, it was debilitating. I could not move. Um, yeah, and every time it... it and it makes you not want to eat. Like, how can right. you live a life where you don't want to eat? You, know? you have to eat, unfortunately. Like, even if <laughs> a little something, you still have to. Yeah. And it, yeah, and I was getting to the point where even healthy food, I was skeptical of. Um, but all the supplements that I've been on, especially I have this like multi-strain powder that I take, and it's supposed to build up that, um, that microflora and those like, mm-hmm. those, na- those necessary bugs in your stomach to digest. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm shocked. I was shocked in the hour that I met with her and I've still met with her a few times. Um, and her wealth of information and just her ability to think outside the box 
and just understand the body so well. I've never met a doctor that understood the body. And when she was in that first appointment with me, she, I sat on like the couch with Tion was there and she wanted me to write down everything that she was saying. And she explained it to me because she said, I want my patients to feel empowered. And she also said, she told me, we're going to see each other probably this amount of times. And I'm like, oh, only that amount of times. And she said, yes, because my goal is to not have you have to come to me for the rest of your life. My goal is to help you find a cure to your illnesses, right. um, which I thought was sensational because most doctors are not, sorry, I don't want to say most are in it for the money are in it for, oh, let me just give you all this stuff yeah. and it's not really going to help you, but I'm going to make money regardless of that. And that's yeah. not what she is about. Um, so that was really encouraging. And I really, it makes me sad. I wish everyone had someone like her or, you know, other good doctors out there. It's hard to find I, from what I've learned last year. Yeah, no, it can be tough to have the access because like health insurance sucks. Like they're all, everything mm-hmm. is so hard and so just not easy. Yeah, so, I, I understand. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And yeah, I it's like, a terrible thing. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's what I was just saying, like, it just can be so hard. And that's why I want to have like a voice to help others maybe find something that like maybe someone listening will know your doctor or try your doctor and who knows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I love your podcast so much because I'm sure there are so many illnesses out there that people don't know about or that people have been told they have one thing, but don't feel like it's correct because they're not getting the help that they need still. So yeah, I think you, it's so important for people like you that are doing things like this um, because people, yeah, people need to hear stories to see if the puzzle pieces match. Um, I was fortunate to know someone of someone else that, had similar situation to me to find her but you know not everyone does and sometimes illnesses are rare and uncommon um or we look normal on the outside like we look healthy like you wouldn't know you you go through that but we're sick still yeah you just can't see it yeah you can't you can't judge that or assume that um which I wish that's what people taught people when they were like from a young age (laughs) well hopefully yeah no but hopefully like the now now that like mental health chronic pain chronic illness things are being talked about way more than they used to be so hopefully like start like these next couple generations will have that at an early age like schools and things maybe we'll start to talk about it yeah I hope so I hope that that becomes the norm. Um, I hope a lot of things that aren't the norm become the norm. Yes. Um, because it's so important. It almost feels like we're living in this twilight zone of, oh, we can't talk about these things or, oh, like that's not something that's possible when in reality, I think all the things that we don't talk about are what we need to be talking about. Yeah, that's usually how it is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so one thing I love to ask people is Mm -hmm. when you're going through these hard times and how do you stay strong? 
you know, I just listen to my intuition and my body. Um, I say strong by sometimes not being strong and just having a day of whether my body's telling me to rest or my body's telling me um, to be active or to go outside um, and do something that I love. Mm -hmm. um, I just stay strong by trying to listen to myself more than anything in the outside world um, and knowing that uh, I know what's best for myself at the end of the day. And that, you know, helps me stay strong because I know I have my own back and whether that's yes. a day of doing nothing um, to make myself better or a day of doing things that I love. Um, I think it's equally important to have that balance to stay strong mentally and physically. I love that. Um, thank you. And so we're going to wrap up. Is there anything okay. else that you want to say um, where people can find you, maybe your doctor's, like your doctor's name? Um, really? Yeah. Anything? Uh yeah, so uh, my doctor, uh, her clinic is New Health Clinic. That's N as in no, you as in unicorn, health uh, clinic. She's in Vancouver, Washington. Um, her name is Dr. Nadine Neal. She's incredible. Um, I encourage everyone to um, look at her website. And she has a lot of information. So even if you physically can't make it up to Washington to see her. Um, I would highly recommend taking a look at her website. And uh, you can find me on my art page at above the rug on Instagram. <laughs> and that's where I have all of my social activism art. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. Um, I so appreciate it. And I hope you continue to grow and do su super well. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, and I really appreciate you having me. Of course. Um, this was another episode of Staying Forever or with Love Alexa. I'll talk to you guys next time.